If you uh, have your Bible with you, I encourage you to turn with me. The readings are on the screen as normal, but uh, we, we are people of the Word. It is so very, very important, as Phil was reminding us this morning uh, of the gospel. Of the tendency uh, is to drift. It's very easy to drift, but the, the Word holds us strong to the Spirit. Three readings that Arnie is kindly putting up on the screen, and uh, I think David preached on this last week, Philippians 2. I don't think I'm repeating what he said. I haven't listened, but um, that either means the Lord wants us to repeat it, or there's something in addition. Uh, particularly, uh, I want us to focus on verse 1, but it's always great to put it in context. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love... If any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. And gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. From Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, continues gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And also just uh, a couple of verses particularly but from our reading this morning, uh, which are apt from Hebrews 2. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Really, really very encouraging to read from the Scriptures. The reason this has been uh, rattling around my mind is, as we're preaching through Hebrews, I'd never noticed as I was reading a few weeks ago in, in preparation, thinking uh, through with Phil this series, that there are a number of places in the Scriptures that gifts are mentioned. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, Ephesians uh, 4, there's uh, Romans 12. And I'd never quite noticed, um, 
It's the way Scripture goes sometimes, that things just kind of get highlighted. Verse 4, God also testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. And it sets some cogs in motion. A tweet I read uh, just uh, at this day, today or yesterday, uh, traveling back from annual leave, made this sort of comment. It said, in the generation that are, uh, are kind of growing up, uh, the tw late teens, 20s, there's a, a whole bunch of them, particularly related to America, but the truth, I think, is in it. There's a whole bunch of them that are leaving the church, leaving the faith that they've grown up in. And the comment went, we have, as churches sought to, um, to make apologetics and doctrine and um, kind of uh, pioneering evangelism, the things that will demonstrate the truth. And the, he wasn't sort of saying that those are rubbish or irrelevant or not significant, but he was making a point, the thing that we have failed to do his, in his analysis was something to do with being and showing the love of God, the hands and feet of God, of living it out. Not just talking about it, not just getting people to know what they should know, but to be a community of faith, a fellowship who are filled with the Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. And out of that flows those things. A fellowship so important. It, it's, it's been something that I've noticed in reading a, for, uh, Hebrews of his continual reminder is saying, keep meeting together. That famous chapter 10 in verse in chapter 10. Don't give up meeting together as some of the habit of doing. And now you're, not, you're here, so don't feel like I'm pointing the finger at you because you're here and we are meeting together. But I wanted to just uh, pull this a little apart on this whole idea of fellowship in the Holy Spirit. Not pull it apart, but uh, look at this for a time. Jim Wallace, who was the leader of the Sojourners, heard him at New Wine a number of years ago. He wrote a great uh, book called God's Politics. Why the right don't get it. No, why the, why the right don't get it and the left get it wrong is the subtitle. Really interesting, written around the kind of uh, the Bush era and the war in Iraq. Really, really clever about a different journey that can be taken about peace in conflict. But he wrote this, he said, The greatest need of our time is not simply for preaching of the gospel. Of course, preaching is vital. Nor service on behalf of justice, nor the experience of the Spirit's gifts, nor of... Uh, the prophetic gifts, the challenging of the king and those in power. This is written about 20 years ago. He said, the greatest need of our time is for koinonia. I'll explain what that means. He says, the call simply to be the church, to love one another and to offer our lives for the sake of the world. The creation of living, breathing, loving communities of faith uh, for the sake of the world at the local church level is the foundation of for all other answers. The community of faith incarnates a whole new order, offers a visible and concrete alternative, and issues a basic challenge to the world as it is. 
The church must be called to be the church, to rebuild the kind of community that gives substance to the claims of faith. So fellowship in the Holy Spirit, the root and the basis of that which we gather together, is not because we like each other, though that helps, but it's not fundamental. The fellowship, the root and the basis of why we are here is because of Jesus, because we are in Him now through faith. He is the gate that all who come through Him are welcome, but through Him, for He is the Lord and Savior. And we are rooted and established in Him entirely through His work on the cross. Now, you're all probably going, Amen, we know that. But called into what? We are in Christ and we are in the Holy Spirit, in fellowship. This word koinonia that I mentioned, a simple description of it, is a common participation in something. We are called into fellowship, this koinonia, it's a Greek word. A theologian wrote this, the believing community is the soil in which personal faith sprouts and is nourished. I love that. The believing community is the soil in which personal faith sprouts and is nourished. Of course, we grow by reading the scriptures privately, regularly, and praying, of course. But as Phil was underlining this morning, that it's really hard to be a believer on our own. It's really hard to to read the scriptures, and if, you, if you're reading them genuinely, you'll get to bits from time to time where you go, what? What does that mean? How does that work? How does that apply? This says this, but I read this the other day, and how do those things hold together? And how does that work out in this day and age? What does it mean? As I had some challenges this week with mom and her Alzheimer's and medication and carers and 111, and oh, it was all very difficult in an airport in France. But working out, what does it mean to honor your mother when she's suffering from Alzheimer's and we don't live in the same city? I'm really very, very glad for sisters and brothers for whom I can talk with and pray with and grow in faith. Cornonia, a common participation in something, in the gospel, in who we are called to be. The church is an organism rather than an organization. We are living and a growing reality. The church is both extensive, increasing its membership, of course, through sharing our faith and witnessing evangelism, and it is intensive, deepening and maturing its life and faith. Of course, a healthy church will be blessed by both People coming to faith, converting to Jesus as followers of his, and in increasing conformity to him, becoming like him, becoming, as Galatians phrase it, characterized by love and joy and peace, and gentleness and kindness and self-control and goodness. But very often when we speak of this, wonderfully, 
it says that we are in Christ, but is often linked rightly with many references to being in the Spirit. Did you hear it in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1? If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. In other words, this journey of faith is in Christ through and in the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. The outworking of the Spirit, the sign of the Spirit's presence with us, His love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, etc., etc. Fellowship, koinonia, this sharing, this common participation in something is in the Spirit. One of the things we do from time to time at the end of a service, interestingly, is share the grace with one another. And it comes from uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, it goes like this, and uh, it says, Now, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And we all go, Amen. Do you know those words? Yeah. Great words. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, He's active, ongoing, work within us, manifest in so many ways. And the love of God and the fellowship, this common participation with us, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with us. I'm sure uh, things might be uh, clicking in Phil's mind because he talks about the fellowship of the ring this morning. Uh, It's his favorite film. Being together with one purpose. But in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. We do this thing, don't we, where we, we say it and we look at each other. It's really interesting talking to people who've never had a church experience before and they come in and we do grace. I heard one person uh, say it like this to me because we look at each other and they didn't understand what they're going. And they said to me at the end, it, have you lost someone? <laughs> so why are you looking for them? It's not actually that we've lost someone, but we are looking around and recognizing it in each other. In the gathering of Christian believers, those who are seeking and those who love Jesus, there is essentially something supernatural happening at work right now. The Holy Spirit is with us in fellowship. That this fellowship arises out of a common joining in with, a participation, a sharing in the life of God by His Spirit. For those of us, when we come to faith, the Holy Spirit is given as a gift. Thank you, Jesus. The first thing that happens when we receive and trust in His saving work, that wonderful, eternal, life-giving gift, He gives another gift. He's so good at giving. He's so generous. He says, have my Holy Spirit, which is promised, and you so need me. And He comes and makes His home within us, that it's no longer external and try harder and justify ourselves or prove ourselves, but it's now I am forgiven, I know it, I'm at peace, I am filled with the love of God, I am in fellowship with Him. We are born again. There's countless scriptures that underline and reinforce that. 
But when we stop and think about it, how does that affect our attitude and thoughts towards our worship services, towards our gathering? When we come to meet with the people of God together in a time and a place, when two or three are gathered, Jesus says, then I am with you. What does it mean as we gather to move in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, where the power of heaven and the new age to come impinges upon the now and the present and the struggle and the suffering and the pain. What does it look like? That it means that every time we gather in twos or threes or thirties or forties or a few hundred perhaps or more, no matter when or where, when we gather in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, there is laced in the gathering the unlimited possibilities that we can approach this gathering, not with a sense of, gosh, how long will the preacher go on tonight? Or will I like the songs? Or I hope that person doesn't sit next to me. But with anticipation and faith that even here in Chipping Hamden on a Sunday night in, in February, the wind of the Spirit may blow and cause dry bones to pulsate with life from the death as pictured by Ezekiel in chapter 37. Can these dry bones live? Look around you. And the faithful answer is yes. We are in fellowship with the wonderful Holy Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit regenerates us individually and unites us together in the life of one faith, one Lord, one baptism. We need Him. He also supplies us with gifts, Romans 12. 1 Corinthians 12, 14, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, and so forth. And these gifts of the Spirit, of course, are to demonstrate and show, as Hebrews said, God testifies to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. This week I was with some friends and some other friends were skiing in the same valley. And uh, he's a filmmaker and his wife, uh, you probably know her parents if you've been around the Christian world a little bit. I don't know them that well, but their two children were skiing, learning to snowboard. And we joined together on Thursday and we we're having a lovely time. It was really, really sunny, beautiful, beautiful day in the Alps. And we were going down this blue run, which means it's not too difficult, and his children were learning to snowboard, and the, the, the day before, I'd skied with him, he's a really good uh, skier, and we'd skied together, and we talked, and he used to, with his wife, be part of a church and trusting in Jesus, and he, he just said, but over time, we've just kind of stopped. It's not that they don't believe in something of spiritual nature, but they, they've lost that passion for Jesus. And they don't go to church, they just find it easier not to, and it's all a bit of an embarrassment for the grandparents because they want to write the Christmas news letter saying our children and grandchildren are doing all sorts of missions, and they're not. Don't believe that anymore. 
And the next day, we were skiing together, and his son, on this blue, blue run, uh, I was skiing with some others a bit further down, just managed to catch the front of his snowboard and tip over downhill, and he, his helmet wasn't quite fitting, and he thwacked his head. And over the course of the day, it became obvious that something had been damaged. He got a headache, and he was disorientated, and, and started to be sick, concussion. And out of abundance of caution, they got an ambulance from the medical center and went to have an MRI just to check. And thankfully, it was just a mild concussion. But the friends that I was with, when we heard that, the first thing we did was to stop and pray and say, Holy Spirit, come into the life, restore, heal, protect, comfort, particularly parents and this, this lad, 13-year-old, who was feeling very, very sick. And thankfully, he's home and saw him the next day and he was okay. Of course, the gifts of the Spirit are to connect with people who've forgotten that God is here and loves us. But also, the purpose and, uh, and the function of the gifts of the Spirit is very much to help us to grow. All the gifts are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives liberally to, to us, women and men, just as He pleases, as He determines. That we are called, each one of us, we're gifted by Him to discern what those gifts are. It's hard to do it sometimes on your own, but that's why we try. Sometimes people think they're going to get a spiritual letter saying, your gifts are X, Y, and Z. They tend to be discerned by giving it a go. Trying. Do you know if you've got a healing ministry? I don't know, but have you ever tried to pray for someone for healing? It'll start there. Have you ever had the gift of, of generosity? It starts there by giving, by practicing, by trusting. It may that be that we don't have all the gifts. It's unlikely because we're not omnicompetent. But He gives gifts to individuals in order that the body of Christ, this growing organism that Christ is at the heart of and indwelling through His Spirit, is at work and functioning. You see, gifts of the Spirit, firstly, are primarily to give glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. They are the gifts of the ascended Lord. They demonstrate and vindicate His Easter victory. It's what Hebrews says. God also testified to it by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. If we don't live out our gifts, we fail to give glory to the resurrected Jesus. Because we're saying, oh, no, not me. I, who am I to, to try and pray for someone who's sick or to, to, to give a word of testimony or to speak uh, prophetically and learn to grow in those gifts or to act with generosity and so forth? If we don't, we aren't able to bring glory to God because the gifts of the Spirit primarily point to the resurrected Jesus. Secondly, they also serve to promote the growth of the body of Christ. 
Spiritual gifts give glory to Jesus and they help the body to function, to be healthy, to serve. I remember an old story of a little boy who was out helping his dad do some gardening. And the dad asked him to pick up the rocks, the stones. It was quite a rocky area in the back. And dad looked over and saw the little lad struggling to pull up this big rock that was stuck in the mud. And the boy was giving all his best straining and heaving and, uh, and struggling. And dad watched. And finally the boy gave up and said, I can't do it, dad. It's too tough. And the dad said, son, did you use all your strength? And the little boy looked hurt and said, yes, dad. I used every ounce of strength that I've got. I, didn't you see me? And dad smiled and said, no, you didn't. You didn't ask me for help. And the father walked over, and then the two of them pulled the big rock out of the mud. It's a slightly obscure way of saying, the Lord gives us gifts to help us. He gives us his spirit because we need him. We need him individually, and we need him as a fellowship because the task is too hard. We can strain and strain and try and sweat, and sit back and say, it's too much. Help, Lord. Give us your strength. May we have fellowship with your spirit. And in doing so, Jesus is glorified. And the church grows stronger. May we have fellowship with him. Let's pray. Jesus, we trust you. There is nothing in you that is deceptive or coercive. Or shallow. In no way are you fickle. Right at the key moment when Jesus had ascended and the and the disciples, the followers of Jesus, were, had trusted and they'd seen you resurrected. This moment that we call Pentecost in Jerusalem, Peter stood up, said, and quoting from the Old Testament, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. 
and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We hear you, Lord. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Holy Spirit, will you gift us in whatever way you choose, whatever is appropriate for this moment and the next step of faith, wherever that may be, at home, with our neighbors, at work, with chance encounter or a diary involvement. To say, help, Lord, be our strength. May we see what you're doing. Give us eyes of faith to hear what you are saying. To act in faithful obedience to that. And to do what you are doing. And let us be characterized with those wonderful fruit of the Spirit. In this age of cancel culture, of those who are in and those who are out of desperate loneliness, of, of factions and divisions, for such a time as this, May we live in the fellowship of the Spirit to forgive as the Lord forgives us, to love as the Lord loves us, to serve one another as the Lord has served us. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen. Tim's going to lead us.